Welcome to Safety Chats. Host Jason Stark, Director of Safety at Baldwin Safety and Compliance, shares decades of aviation experience and a passion for safety. Let's get started with this week's Safety Chat. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Baldwin Safety Chat, talking about different practical applications that can help us do our jobs just a little bit better. And today, I don't know, this can go one of two ways. It can either be really insightful or it can be a real snoozer. Um, I'm, I'm going to take a little bit of a, a gamble here, but I'm going to talk today about categories. <laughs> categories and frustrations with categories and specifically taxonomies. And you might wonder, wow, that's, that's really kind of dull. And it may be, but I will tell you when, when I was director of safety, categorizing things such as incidents, accidents, events, near misses, hazards, was the bane of my existence. I could just not find the right category. And with me, I may have ADD or I just may have OCD. <laughs> I don't know whichever one of the acronyms you want to use, but for me, it was really difficult to stick to one certain categorization scheme or taxonomy, as it's called, and as we'll learn. It was just, it was really difficult for me. You might ask, well, okay, so what's the big deal? What's the big deal about this? And I will tell you, it is a really big deal that uh, categorization, when we categorize, we give our data a structured framework. With that structured framework, we're able to derive really fruitful insight about what's happening, what uh, what's going on in our environment in terms of safety. When we manage these categories, and the categories are applicable, I guess we'd say, or robust, they help us find things easier and faster. And importantly, it helps us link things in our data. So it helps, it actually helps paint the picture, if you will, give kind of an abstract or a map of things that are going on that we might have never found before. The classification is very important. It does enable system level analysis, especially of large data sets. So if you if you have a big data set, if you if you have a good classification scheme, it allows for that system level analysis and also allows for, in some cases, automation. So it allows you to do things with the data that you couldn't do otherwise if you could not categorize. So the, the idea of categorization is important, but there's one really important aspect I do want to mention about categorization is that it cannot be conquered in one day. This is not a sit down in one day thing. There is a lot more to the correct or appropriate categorization scheme that you want to choose so that it will actually be meaningful for you. Because I can't stress it enough, if we can have really good categorization, like I said, it provides like an abstract of the data. It gives an overview of what's going on. So we, we know at the highest level, you know, our flight-related events versus our ground-related events versus our hangar-related events. And if we dig deeper, you know how many events are due to fatigue versus poor training versus poor management. So these are the kind of things we want to know, right? So these are the kind of things that are important to us. So the categorization scheme is extremely important um, so that we can make sense of the data. So when when we talk about categorization, uh, we have to mention taxonomy. You might have heard the term thrown around. In fact, you know, in, in some taxonomies, the name taxonomy is actually in the title of that taxonomy. There, I got to say taxonomy three times, so I guess it's mine. But taxonomy itself, and that's taxonomy, T-A-X-O-N-O-M-Y, just in case uh, maybe I'm not saying it clearly enough, but taxonomy, it is the practice and science of categorization or classification. When we think about things that you might want to go to school for in terms of science, well, categorization and classification, 
maybe or maybe not be on the top of your list, but it is important. A taxonomy, it's a scheme of classification. And generally what we see especially are hierarchical classifications, which are things organized into groups or types. So you have general group. Of those general groups, you have subgroups. And of those subgroups, you have sub-subgroups. And that's generally the taxonomies we see. When the word taxonomy, it's kind of a weird word, right? It has tax in it. When we think of tax, I kind of think of taxidermy. And that that's actually not too far off because the word was coined in 1813 by a Swiss botanist. It's actually derived from an irregularly compounded Greek words which from taxis, which is order, and nomos, which is law. So law and order. So you can see taxonomy is actually kind of the study of law in order. <laughs> I guess is the best way to say it. So uh, that was really neat for me to find out. But taxonomies are important. As we see in our field especially, many of the taxonomies or classification schemes, they're hierarchical. They have like a tree structure. Not all of them are, but but most of them that we see are. And I'm going to give some, some examples at the end of this podcast of some good taxonomies that you can use in your operations. And they are generally tree structures. So that means they start from the root or from the general and go to the specific. But again, when you have things structured and indexed in a certain taxonomy, you can find what you need by working down from the general to the specific categories. And that is very important. And and that really helps us. So when we have a general category, for example, maybe human factors related, you know, something dealing with human performance, and then we can drill down to, okay, uh, in human performance, what was it in human performance? Well, it was fatigue. Okay, so what about fatigue? How can we drill that down further? Well, maybe it was operations during the window of circadian low, or maybe it was accumulated fatigue, or maybe it was deprived sleep. When, When we can do that, if we have an event where we we can do that and, and drill it down and put the appropriate category and subcategory and sub-subcategory, in some cases sub-sub-subcategory, it really helps us to code that data. So when we're talking about monitoring risk controls, as we've talked about in several podcasts, we can see that if we have a risk control specifically, not only for fatigue, but for operations in the window of circadian low, we're able to identify events or situations that are dealing with that. A lot of us like to stick with one taxonomy, but if we have a way that we can code events using multiple taxonomies, And I know this might get a little weird, but for example, let's say you have a taxonomy that deals with organizational factors, then you have a taxonomy that deals with human factors, and a taxonomy that deals with technical factors, for example. And we can use all those for one event and overlay them with each other. Boy, the the things, the connections you can find are just, I mean, it's amazing. It really is amazing. It's not the easiest, but it is amazing. So, I think we we have a good understanding now of what taxonomies are. Uh, Well, first of all, why should we even categorize? I I think that's kind of a no-brainer. I mean, we we as humans, we like to categorize. That's what we do. We put things, we lump things into categories to make sense of the world. So why not do it as safety professionals? And that's exactly what we do. So categorization is important. Like I said, it helps us make sense of the data. The art, and some would argue that this is an art, the art of categorization is taxonomy. And having these taxonomies within our operations so that we can code the data appropriately and even in some cases use multiple taxonomies to overlay to find connections and to see a, a larger, more well-rounded picture of what's going on is really important uh, with what we do. But like anything in life, taxonomies are not perfect. 
And I think some of these points I'm going to bring up were really pertinent to me when I was trying to categorize the data as a director of safety. One of the biggest problems with any classification scheme and any classification scheme, it doesn't matter if you overlay, if it's if it's lateral classification or if it's hierarchies, that everything is relative. And, and what I mean by that is when you classify something into a name taxonomy, you're excluding all the other properties. When you say, for example, let's say your taxonomy is, well, we'll go back to the original example that I had, that let's say you had an event and you classified it as a fatigue-related event, specifically operations during the window of circadian low, when you code it as that, you're excluding basically all the other factors. And that's something we need to be aware of because there, there could be something in there associated with training. There could be something there associated with the, the environment or task load. So we, we have to be careful of that. But that's probably one of the biggest downfalls of taxonomies is the fact that everything is relative. But classification itself, so when we create taxonomies, the one thing you also need to be aware of is that they are immensely time-consuming. This is not something you just kind of whip together in the back, back of a napkin and say, okay, we're going to classify this way and just start throwing things into categories. We have to be very careful about how we classify to avoid the problems I ran into, which is I played musical classifications, meaning, or classification of the week, meaning I was never happy. When you have a classification scheme, you're like, no, I'm going to classify it this way, and you start randomly changing classifications. Your data is going to be very confusing. You're not going to be able to make sense of it and have any insight into what's going on. So that that's kind of one of the problems with taxonomies. Another problem, too, with taxonomies, it's a common argument. But some people think, well, it, this is kind of the all-or-nothing person, but they think if, if we cannot come up with a classification system that's ironclad, that can capture every element of every event, then we shouldn't come up with one at all. I mean, we should just basically not have a classification system. And that's kind of erroneous thinking, uh, at least I think, because, yeah, because everything is relative. We talked about that. But if we can still capture the essence or property of events with a classification system, it's still useful. I mean, despite these shortcomings, it is still useful. It will still point you in a right direction. But we have to understand that what we want is progress, not perfection. And remember that we want progress, not perfection. So when it comes to classification, we're not going to have perfection. We cannot have perfection. Uh, we're going to have progress. And the reason why we can't have perfection is because when we look at some of the events that we deal with, and I think we've talked in other podcasts, they're not linear in nature. There's no one reason or one factor which translates into one category, even two categories, that describe why this event happened or what the event transpired into. And that really boils down into the fact that we have complexity. I mean, there, there's complexity in our operations, and, and therefore, we can't really boil it down. So we have to be okay with that. If we have these events and we say, okay, it's specifically this, and we are ironclad with that, then we're going to miss the essence of possibly other aspects with that event. So what does that mean? It means, well, maybe if you have an event or you have causal factors for an event that uh, one taxonomy may not be appropriate. You may, like I said earlier, want to overlay a few. Uh, one of the papers I was reading has suggested like tagging, kind of like what we do today, because tagging is a type of taxonomy. There's a way of, of applying a taxonomy. 
And it might be beneficial to say, okay, well, you know, these are some of the traits of this event or the causal factors of this event. And with that, we can say, okay, well, it's more than just one certain thing. And I think that's really important because, again, the environment we operate in is very complex. Therefore, a lot of the events that we experience are going to be complex. we, We can't have this reductionist mindset, meaning that it comes to one factor. So when we classify using one taxonomy, we're saying it's one factor versus what really is, is there's many factors that can be involved. We want to try to capture as many of those factors as we can in our taxonomy. But if we have a poor taxonomy, and this is another problem with taxonomies, if we have a poor taxonomy or we have a weak taxonomy, we're going to waste a lot of time and efforts trying to make sense of the data. And we're not going to have robust information uh, as a result of the data. And, and that's not meant to scare you and say that this all is pointless. What it's meant to be is that let's put a little thought into how we're going to classify our events or things that led to the event so that it's it's something that can endure time, uh, something that can be sustainable, and something, and importantly, that can be explainable. And we'll, we'll talk about that, that the taxonomies need to be explainable, which takes us into well, how do we create a taxonomy? Well, one of the easiest ways of creating a taxonomy is enumeration. We put them into finite or countable sets, and then based on those sets, we deem them as a category. This this doesn't really apply to us, but it's like the most basic or basal form of creating taxonomies is enumeration, like states, for example, one, two, three, four, five, or states A through Z, whatever it may be. That That's probably the most easiest way of classification, but it doesn't really pertain to us. What really pertains to us, though, is creating taxonomies based on properties. So when we look at an event like an accident, incident, near miss, or even causal factors like hazards or failed defenses, whatever it may be, we want to look at the properties of those and then create a taxonomy based on that. For example, in our earlier example, fatigue. You know, fatigue being a potential causal factor in some of the events. Fatigue might be a good category, and if we're using the hierarchical scheme, then we could say, okay, well, what about fatigue? You know, what caused the fatigue? You know, was it they were, they were operating the windows circadian low? They were operating with accumulated fatigue. They were operating with reduced rest, whatever it may be. We're taking the property out of that potential causal factor, and we're using it to classify. When we look at like events that have happened, it's good to maybe take the properties of that event. So events that might be dealing with approach and landing, we might have the top category approach and landing, and then it might be unstable approach. And unstable approach can be broken down into obviously excessive speed, excessive descent rate, or it might be approach and landing uh, landed long, And then obviously runway excursion might be like the final classification scheme, but it's the properties. We're we're taking the essence, the property of the event. So the other thing too, is that when we create taxonomies, it's also helpful to organize them based on domain. And what I mean by that, and and this is kind of self-evident, but we might have flight operations versus maintenance operations versus ground operations. And I think that's important because it provides the context in which uh, the category occurs. So fatigue, it can cut across many different contexts, but I think it it helps 
to say, okay, maintenance is the highest domain and then maintenance fatigue, because then the outcome could be different versus what the flight operations outcome might be. So domain is another important aspect to consider when creating a taxonomy. So we talked about, let, let me kind of reverse it. We talked about domain being important. Then we talked about properties of the event or properties of what we're trying to describe to help uh, shape the taxonomy. Another thing too that's important uh, when we look at taxonomies is, and I found this really interesting, but they talk about theory. And you know, I think you'll see some of the taxonomies based on this, but when we talk about theories, we're talking about creating a taxonomy based on the theory or, or why we think an event happened. And that one might need to be fleshed out a little bit, but I think for all intents and purposes, for example, like when we talk about the HVACs classification, which we'll talk about in a second, we talk about like poor management or poor safety culture. These are kind of ideas associated with why something might have happened. So the, the theoretical aspect of creating taxonomies is, is also important as well. If you are thinking about upping your safety training, or maybe you are in need of CAM credits for aviation manager certification, you should think Baldwin. Visit BaldwinVirtualTraining.com to learn more. Now, back to Safety Chats with Jason Stark. When we talk about creating taxonomies, those are some of the things that we need to take into account. But I think the bottom line is, and what the literature says, if we can find a predefined industry or problem-specific taxonomy that has been tested, we should go with it. I would support this 100%. Now, this does not negate the entire previous minutes of this podcast in terms of how to create a taxonomy. I think it's important that you understand the effort that goes into creating a taxonomy and the thought that goes into creating a taxonomy, whether we're using properties or enumeration or some kind of theoretical framework. But if we can find a good predefined taxonomy in which to classify the stuff and that's a technical term, right? The stuff, quote unquote, uh, that we receive in our safety management system, I think that is probably the most beneficial. So let's talk about a few taxonomies that we have in our field that we can use to classify what we bring into our safety management system. And I'm just going to take a a quick position check because remember, we talked about the importance of classification. We talked about some potential challenges with classification or some challenges with taxonomies. Then we delved into, well, how a taxonomy is created. Now we're here with predefined industry taxonomies. So I'm going to go through a few of the taxonomies that are prevalent in our industry. And the links are going to be below. You can you can click on the links so you can see each of these taxonomies. I highly recommend that you adopt Um, any one of these taxonomies in order to classify your events, whether it be a hazard or whether it be an outcome of the hazard or near miss, so that you can make sense of your data. So here we go. The first one, the ICAO ADREP or the ICAO Accident Incident Reporting Program. This is a great taxonomy that talks about outcomes, that talks about what happened. So this is a classification scheme that helps describe what happened. If you implemented this one uh, using the ICAO ADREP, this is one that's used, obviously, by states when they're submitting accidents to ICAO. But it's a good one for us, too, because it has some good points in there and help us track any certain factors that are associated with outcomes. 
So the next one is, I love this one, her name is Heidi. It stands for Harmonization of European Incident Definition Initiatives for Air Traffic Management. So this is an air traffic controller taxonomy, but it's still a good one. Uh, again, talks about outcomes and how to classify outcomes and how to really parse it down so that we can provide meaningful information to the decision makers within the organization. The next one is the SMICG uh, hazard taxonomy. So the SMICG is a Safety Management International Collaborative Group. They have a hazard taxonomy. So this is a taxonomy talking about hazards. Remember, hazard is any condition or object that has the potential to cause or contribute to an aircraft accident or incident, or as I like to say, to any accident or incident. It's a way to classify those hazards. So when a hazard is identified, we can classify it using the SMICG hazard taxonomy. So that's a good one to check out as well. We also have the Confidential Human Factors Incident Reporting Program. That's a lot of words. Uh, thankfully, the UK abbreviates it as CHIRP. And CHIRP um, is a great taxonomy. I think personally, it has really good ways to code the data that's coming in, both uh, upstream and outcome, so that you can classify your data with. Another great one, too, that uh, we like to use here at Baldwin is the NASA ASRS Anomaly Code. It's their taxonomy and what they use for their NASA reports, which many of you might be familiar with. Again, that's a great one. It provides such robust detail in determining categorization of precursor and outcome events to a near-miss incident or accident. Another one, too, is the Threats and Errors Management Taxonomy. Uh, we are actually coming out with a TEM class uh, on our virtual training, but the TEM taxonomy it's actually really interesting, and let me just spend a minute here. So the TEM, or Threat and Error Management, it's used for many things. It's used to provide data analysis on what's happening in operations. It's used to evaluate line operations. Interestingly enough, too, it can be used as a taxonomy, and rightfully so. The threats side of it gets broken down into where the threats come from or how the threats may originate. And the errors portion uh, breaks down into how the crew either captured or ended up uh, succumbing to the error. So the TEM taxonomy is really interesting. It's another one that you can potentially use, especially when you're looking at an incident from cradle to grave. So we, we can sit there and say, okay, this was the threat. It was organization-related threat. It was time pressure. And this was the error that was made. I, I think we take it one step further to the outcome. I think the TEM taxonomy also has the outcome. But if not, we have outcomes as far as the, the adverse event that we can classify in any of the other systems. So that, that's also a very good one. And then finally, I, I think the industry staple is the uh, HFACs, which we're all very familiar with, or the Human Factor Analysis and Classification System. This is one I like because the HFACs really delves into to organizational factors in terms of management, resources, culture, training. So the HVACs classification system is another. Now, I, I want to make it clear that you don't have to just pick one. You can have a few. Um, if you are a Baldwin client, you can have these obviously put into your forms as tools associated with your investigation. But any one of these can be put into your forms. And I would recommend exploring them and find the ones that actually work best for your organization. So 
<laughs> I hope this wasn't a snoozer. I was kind of wondering, scratching my head, hmm, podcast on classification. I can't imagine that's really interesting. But again, I go back to the fact that in my days when I was uh, running a safety management system, how, how difficult classification was. I still, to this day, I can't believe how challenging classifying the data was um like i said i used to play musical classification schemes um i would i would jump from classification scheme to classification scheme and again that that created a disaster importantly i think we know why we should categorize i think we know what a taxonomy is now so when you hear the term taxonomy whether in a taxonomy scheme or just in, in passing or you want to impress people at parties and have a fancy word the idea of taxonomy is very important. This this idea, this, the science, or, or some people say the art of categorization or classification. Uh, some of the problems with taxonomies, I don't think we should get wrapped around the axle about. I understand that when we classify something, we declassify other things or we miss some of the essence of it. But having a taxonomy is better than not having one. So even if we miss some of the finer attributes... I think it's uh, important that we still pick up on some of the major attributes. It is difficult because, like I said, we are in a complex environment, and what transpires from that environment is complex. So to reduce it to one factor or one category isn't ideal, but it's better than nothing. If we can, like I said, find ways to classify using multiple tags if you will or multiple ways that would be better so that we can give a more 360 degree understanding of what happened and then creating a taxonomy it's not easy it does take work it takes time if you don't like the taxonomies that i gave in this example these are just some of the ones in the aviation industry but you can create your own by using properties or or using a theoretical approach but I, i would recommend looking into these to these taxonomies that I mentioned. Like I said, the link will be below for each one of them and have fun with it and, and just see what the classification scheme tells you about what's going on in your operation. So I thank you for joining me on this. I know this was kind of a one-off, but I, I do think classification is incredibly important. Again, as safety managers, we want to provide information that makes sense to our leadership so that they can make decisions on how to improve safety in the organization. Thank you so much for joining me. As always, if you have anything you want to talk about, please send it to me. You know what? I'm going to even open it up to if you have a joke. And I know that sounds weird, but even if you have a joke that you want to share with the rest of the audience, I'm more than happy to put that on here too. I figure that's an easy end to providing more data, but we'll start with a joke. And then if you have a topic after that, that would be great. Love to hear from you at my email, jstark, S-T-A-R-K-E at baldwinaviation.com. Thank you guys so much for listening. I really appreciate what you guys are doing out there. So I look forward to seeing you in the next podcast. And until then, be safe. This podcast is brought to you by Baldwin Safety and Compliance, the leader in safety management for the transportation industry. Since 2004, Baldwin has been providing state-of-the-art solutions and 24-7 support to the aviation and transportation industries. Baldwin's clients include all sizes and types of transportation operators. Baldwin provides safety and related business services to commercial and non-commercial transportation operators, medical transporters, FBOs, MROs, airports, flight schools, UAS operators, firefighters, OEMs, ground transport operators, and others. Visit baldwinsms.com to discover how Baldwin can enhance your organization's safety program.